0: Howdy and welcome to the 10-week Bible study, this is week six, day three of our study of Joshua. I'm your host, Darren Hibbs, and today we're talking about Joshua 13, 24 through 33. Welcome back to the 10-week Bible study. Again, I'm your host, Darren Hibbs. Would you join me as we pray before we start today? Lord, would you open our eyes and our ears to hear what your word has to say to us? Holy Spirit, speak to us. Jesus, we want to know you more through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. With that, let's jump into God's word. We're reading today from the NIV. This is Joshua 13, starting at verse 34. This is what Moses had given to the tribe of Gad, according to its clans. The territory of Jazer. All the towns of Gilead and half the Ammonite country as far as Eror near Rabbah and from Heshbon to Ramoth Mitzpah to Betanim and from Mahanaim to the territory of Debir. I think the Lord just wanted me. He put all this in there so many times so that I would have to say the word Eror as many times as humanly possible. Verse 27. And in the valley, Beth Hiram. Beth Nimrah, Sukkoth, and Zaphon with the rest of the realm of Sihon, king of Heshbon, the east side of the Jordan, the territory up to the end of the Sea of Galilee. <clears throat> These towns and their villages were the inheritance of the Gadites according to their clans. All right. This is an interesting thing because the way that Gad's land works out is is very challenging to understand because uh, I'll show you the map here. Most maps show the territory of Gad is just right here, but it makes it very clear that it's all of the Jordan river up to the bottom of the sea of Galilee. So it essentially like be the East plains. It's almost like that. And I've seen some maps that even draw it kind of here because of the cities that it says it has that actually it doesn't quite look like this. And if you look at 10 different maps you're going to see 10 different interpretations of how this looks. So I've kind of put this here because I honestly don't exactly understand the, the boundary lines, especially as it pertains to the Jordan, because we know that Manasseh spanned both sides. So maybe it was like there was a little bit of territory sharing between Gad and Manasseh. I don't fully understand how that worked. Because again, we know that Manasseh spanned both sides. Maybe there was discontinuity between Manasseh, but in other th- places, it doesn't seem to give us that impression. So it might be there's some discontinuity between Gad and and Gad at different points. Who knows? It's 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 a, a bit imprecise here when when we're looking at this and trying to understand, especially without great understanding of of all of these ancient places. One of the things that I, I think is super important to remember, though, is the Bible is giving us names of all of these places. These are real places in real time and space. This isn't fairy tale. This isn't made up. And so this is kind of giving the allotments. Um, we would. Think I think in modern times in terms of surveys. If you've ever done construction, if you ever bought a house, maybe you've paid dev a survey or a survey was given to you, where you can see all of the lot lines and all of those kinds of things, the setbacks, all of that kind of stuff that comes with building or developing in a city. We have used modern surveying for a very long time. They didn't have modern surveying back then. They did they had surveying, but when you're talking about such a large land area. Um, You can break the boundaries down by rivers, but there's not actually always enough rivers to give all of these boundaries and to especially, you know, bound everything in and all sides. And so a lot of times they're just kind of pointing out the, the existing towns that exist within this region. Right, saying okay, what's there now? It's boom, boom, boom. All of these towns, those are the ones that are part of this. Right, it's not telling us, you know, from this parallel to this, you know, meridian and all these different things. It's not giving us that. It's giving us what they had access to at the time. And so, from my perspective, as someone who deals in that kind of precision, I do done construction for a very long time. I understand surveys. I understand all of that. Um, I'm actually in the process right now of working on designs for a renovated house that I'm going to move into in a couple of years when the renovation is done. And I've been doing lots of drawings, working with architect and engineer on those drawings. And so I'm right in the middle of all of that. And it's all very precise. Right again, when you're dealing with this it's not so precise and it's in and when you look at the history of the United States, when you look at the borders of the United States, there's all sorts of discrepancies and things like that there's all sorts of interesting YouTube videos made about that kind of stuff because when you're dealing with such large land masses you're always going to be dealing with some level of imprecision because you're not drawing a map you know or you're not drawing a line on a one-to-one scale map. You're having to use some piece of paper. You have to do something where there is a lot of imprecision when you get down to the nitty-gritty of, of individual areas. You know, there's individual islands and there's always stuff like that. And so what they're dealing with here, this imprecision and the imprecision that I feel when I look at this is no different for anybody nowadays when you're drawing Large maps and breaking up territories like this. There's disputed territories and disputed boundary lines all over planet Earth because there's always imprecision with this. So maybe breaking it up by individual towns and not splitting any towns along borders, which is something we do all the time. Maybe that's actually a much better way to do things than our precision that actually slices through disputed territories. Anyway, let's continue on. Uh, These towns and their inheritance were of the Gadites, according to their clans. Verse 29, this is what Moses had given to the half-tribe of Manasseh, that is, to the half of the family, the descendants of Manasseh, according to its clans. So... This is an interesting thing because he's saying he's calling it the half-tribe of Manasseh, which it is, because Joseph is actually one of the twelve sons. And so anytime Ephraim and Manasseh are mentioned, they're kind of listed as the half-tribes. And the, the accounting of the twelve tribes of Israel is always so strange. It almost seems like whoever is doing the accounting does it however they want to because um, if you remove Levi from the 12 tribes in their allotment, uh, which they do here, you end up with 12 tribes. But that's because you're splitting the tribe of Joseph, one of the 12 sons of Israel, into his two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. And we do that because in Genesis, when Jacob comes to Egypt and he gets to see Joseph, and he sees his two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. He puts his hands on both of the sons, and he, he essentially says, I reckon them to me as my own children. Essentially, what he's saying is, I'm so happy to have you back, Joseph, that I am going to take these two boys, your sons, on as my own son, liken them as my own son, so they have an equal share in the inheritance of the the clans of jacob the the tribes of Israel, as you would have as any of the other sons would have, so essentially he's saying, joseph, I'm giving you a double portion essentially is what he's saying, so Ephraim and Manasseh end up with that double portion, and so they're very often called the half tribe of Manasseh or a half tribe of Ephraim because Joseph is actually the the son. But they're accounted like this. And then it goes further here and says, because Manasseh was actually so large, a clan, they end up with land on the east side and on the west side. So it's not just like the half tribe. It's what we're essentially being told is this, like, well, the half tribe, well, it's actually like the quarter tribe of Manasseh, because only half of them end up over here. The other half is going to end up on the west side. And so right now what we're talking about, they're only dealing with the the eastern half of the half tribe of Manasseh. If that wasn't complicated enough, for 30. The territory extending from Mahanaim, including all of Bashan, the entire realm of Og, king of Bashan, all the settlements in Jer, in Bashan, 60 towns, half of Gilead, and Ashereth and Edrai, the royal cities of Og and Bashan. This was the, the descendants of Makir, son of Manasseh, for half of the sons of Makir, according to their clans. This is the inheritance Moses had given when he was in the plains of Moab across the Jordan east of Jericho. But to the tribe of Levi, Moses had given no inheritance. The Lord, the God of Israel, is their inheritance as he promised them. So again, what we're doing here here on the map is uh, we're talking about, clear this off here, and we are talking about Manasseh on the east half of, <clears throat> on the eastern side of the Jordan River. That is uh, the, the land that we're talking about. They have all the way up to Mount Hermon, which is right here. So that's the inheritance that they're promised. And again, Joshua or whoever our author here is reminds us that, most likely Joshua, reminds us that it, Levi doesn't get one of these little bubble clouds. Um, they don't get an inheritance because the Lord is their inheritance. The Lord is is going to provide for them in their understanding, right? The way they're looking at this is the land is what provides for you. The land is where you extract wealth, resources, food, raising cattle. All of those things are the things that provide wealth. I mean, to this day, that's, that's how wealth is generated. It comes from the land. Um, We, we take those natural resources and we do things that add value to them. And so we're able to take those natural resources and provide even more value, but it always begins with the value that comes from some kind of natural resource, whether it's renewable or not. And uh, the Levites, they don't have that. They don't get to have that inheritance of land. And so, what's, what we're being told here is they can't make their living off of the land because the Lord is going to provide for them. And that's what we see done when they are servants at the tabernacle and then later servants at the temple. The Lord is the one that provides for them through all of the rest of the Israelites, the tithes of the rest of Israel. All right, that's all we have for today for the 10-week Bible study. I'm your host, Aaron Hibbs, and I can't wait to see you next time.